0: This is the Hope Church Mill Creek podcast and you're hearing the voice of lead pastor Josh Westmoreland. Hope Church Mill Creek is a church replant in the Hope Church family based out of Danville, Virginia. Our church specifically is in Roxboro, North Carolina, just about an hour north of Durham. Our family of Hope Churches has a total of 13 locations at this time along the Virginia-North Carolina border mostly in smaller our uh, specific location has existed officially since January 22, when my family and I moved from Mississippi to lead this plant. We hope you enjoy this podcast and bring something away from it that helps you. If you do, it would help us greatly if you left a good review on Apple Podcast or you just, you know, shared it. We wish you all the best, uh, grace and peace to all of you, and happy listening. But I come to you with kind of a serious question. Um, I mean, it's, a, it's utmost seriousness. And that question is Do you like waffles? I need some feedback from y'all. Do you like waffles? All right. If you don't like waffles, I don't know if there's hope for you. Look. And Waffle House Waffles, I don't know if anybody's ever been to Waffle House before, yep. you know, the place that's responsible for all the millennials' um, immunity right now because there's so much, you never know what's in those things. But they're so good, man. You get the butter, you got to get the butter in all those little squares, and then it softens it up, then you pour the maple syrup on it, and yeah, it's, it's man, it's like heaven. It's so good. So waffles, in my opinion, are one of the greatest creations that, that man ever came up with, you know. And God gave us the ingredients to do that, and so we know that it's just divine. It's from heaven, right? It's just a beautiful thing. But you take one of the most beautiful creations that man has ever made, which is the waffle, and you turn that noun into a verb, well, what you get then is waffling. Thing altogether. If you're tracking with me so far, is a dilemma, and you have to make a decision. How many of you don't like doing that? How many of you find yourself in a pattern of doing that though? Man, do I do this? Do I do that? Do I buy this? Whatever the case is. Dilemma. And I th- I think we're gonna this is, this is serious stuff. Um in verse Bible this. this is what? Christ. And to die is what? Life is. Life is the the snow-capped pike. It's the vastness and the desolation, the the touch, the tender touch of your... Life is experience. Life is the things. Honestly, if somebody were to ask me, what is life, I probably would say some of those things. Paul didn't say that. He says, is what? So take all of life. Whether we live 40 years or 80 years or more, put all the the decisions, everything together, all of my life is in one word. Again, that word is what? Christ. And to die is what? Gain. Gain. Somebody say this, oh man, I'd just rather die. Have you ever said that? Something they don't want to do, and it's like, oh, I just rather, I'd rather die than be, filling in the blank. I think we've all said that. Man, I'd just rather, but Paul meant that. He's like, he's looking at life, looking at death. I mean, imagine where you'd have to be in your mind to say this. Um, you know what, I think, I think, I think, I think uh, death. That's what I think I'd rather do. I'd just rather die. Yeah, that's good. Let's just die. Where do you have to be in your brain to think that? You might look at this and say, "Well, dude, is he con- is he considering doing this for himself?" No. Paul is Paul's in prison, a Roman prison, and it's they're deliberating: should we keep this guy alive or should we not? He knew it; he could very, very easily be his end could be here. So he's like, "Man, I." You know what, if I had to choose, I I almost think I would rather choose, I I think death is better. Verses 21 through, if we could look through 21 through 24, read that with me, just uh, to yourself. For to me to live is what again? Christ. And to die is what? So to die is better. If I am to live in the flesh, that means, here's what it means for me. It means work. It means I get to put my hand to the plow. I get to labor. Yet which I shall choose, I can't tell. I am hard pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with who? Christ. For It's far what? It's far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. I think what we see here is what we can get from this can you go back to that point that's before that is what I want to do how many of you have things in your life that you want to do how many have things you want to accomplish places you want to go before you know you're done and you got bucket list right so I think it's I think it's okay to lay out man here here's what I want to do I want to do I want to do these things I want to purchase this. I want to accomplish this in my career. I have aspirations that I want to, I, Josh, if I'm honest, I have a lot of wants. I want to do this thing. That's where Paul was. I think I'd rather die, which is a cut above where most of us are, but still, that's where he was. What I want to do. Here's the thing about wants is that just because we want to do it, does it make it right? You say, well, I want to do this. Let me ask you again. Just because my soul, or my flesh rather, wants to do something, does that necessarily make that right to do? I think the best way to look at this is we need to ask ourselves, okay, well, here's what I want to do. List out the things, list out the places, list out the ambitions. Here's what I want to do. Then I should ask myself another question. And what I think Paul's, I think it's what we see in the scripture here. And that is what I need to do. Let's look in verse 25. Convinced of this, I know I will remain and continue for your all. Here's why. For your progress and the joy in faith, so that in me you may have ample cause to glory in Christ Jesus because of my coming to you again. You know what's wrapped up in those verses? He's concerned for other people. Do we all want to do things? We all do. But hang on, instead of wanting and say, well, I'm just going to operate by here's what I want to do, we need to ask ourselves, well, what do I need to do? Not what I want to do, but what I need to do. Have you all ever noticed this? Have you ever noticed how the things that you need to do are the things that you really don't want to do? Right? You want to eat a zebra cake. Those are heavenly too, by the way. But you need to eat like a rabbit for a while. You hear what I'm saying? The body wants what it wants. That's what the scriptures call the what? The flesh, your flesh wants whatever it wants. But how many of us know, and how many of us have, oh man, let's just be honest. How many of us have fought the battles with the flesh, but the flesh has won so many times? Can we get a show of hands? How many of you have lost the battle with the flesh time and time again? Me too, brother. It's hard. what you need to do oh man okay here's a good example how many of us know there are conversations we need to have with people but in order to keep the peace we have put off the conversation over and over and over and over and over again and it it's like it's a it's not it's not a molehill under the carpet anymore it's a mountain and now it's awkward because we know we need to have conversations that we don't want to have maybe you're a younger lady and you need to have a conversation with your mom for example Maybe you're a younger lady who's married and you need to have a conversation with your mom about understanding your space in your own marriage. And that, hey, this is our thing now. Mom, you've got to back out of this. This with my husband and my kids is not your life. It is our lives together. We are building a home. We are building a life together. Even the word of God says, For this call shall a man leave his father and his mother and cleave to his wife in marriage, and they will be one flesh. Mom, this is not your life. I'm sorry. You've got to back off. Do you want to have that conversation? Does anybody want to have that conversation? But do you need to have that conversation? Maybe you're a an older man and you know your son, your son has has, you need to have a conversation with your son, and you need to say, son, look, I I see that you you're really close to this girl here, and I see that you've brought her in your home, and you're you're living with her and You know, you're not married, and you're having physical intimacy, and, son, i got to pull you aside, and i got to tell you, son, that's not right. The only ordained sexual union you see in the Bible is when a man and a woman come together in commitment before God and say, you're mine and I'm yours, come hell or high water, and this is it. You're my ride or die. Son, I've got to tell you, you're getting all the benefits of marriage. You're getting physical intimacy. You're getting companionship. You're getting food cooked for you. But you're not even willing to commit to that girl and you're defrauding her. You're devaluing her. If you love her, marry her or separate. Does anybody want to have that conversation? But do you need to have that conversation? Nobody wants to do things like that, but it's necessary. So maybe when we ask ourselves, man, what do I want to do? What do I want to do? What do I want to do? Maybe instead we ought to ask ourselves in every moment, and this is where we need the balance of the Word of God and the Spirit of God. In prayer, we need to ask ourselves not necessarily what do I want to do, what does my body, what does my flesh want to do, but rather what are the things I need to do and what is Jesus? But He is the Spirit, He is truth, He is the Word, He is life. And if we are going to walk if we are going to be as people of truth, we've got to make hard decisions that sometimes come with casualties. Let me ask you a question. Hope Church, is Jesus worth it? Yes or no? Is Jesus worth having hard conversations? Is Jesus worth walking in truth and people walking away from you because you're a stickler for truth? Is Jesus worth it or no? then I call on you to ask yourselves, what do I not want to do, but what do I need to do? It's okay to ask. Man, here's my wants. But what are the things I need to do? Paul sees in Philippians, he sees them and he's like, man, I'd just rather die and be with Jesus. How many of us have felt that way? I'd just rather go home. I just want to go home. Oh God, I want to go home. I want home. I want to be done with all this. But Paul said, you guys are one of the main reasons that I know I need to stay. Because if I was killed now, then so many would be without a spiritual father. They'd be without spiritual guidance. And man, the, all these churches are so young. Y'all, uh, I'd just rather go home. But you, you need me. We should all look around and see who's following us. And I don't know if you know this or not, but I, I want to say probably everybody in here has somebody who's following you. You have somebody who's looking at you. And you think, man, ain't nobody following me. What about your younger sister? What about your little brother? Do you know that what they see modeled in you is what they think is right? You say, well, they should know it's all about Jesus. Yeah, so should we. You say, well, Josh, whew, that's a tall order, man. Okay, you're... It's speaking to me. I'm I'm figuring out here the things I need to do. I don't want to do it, but I need to do them. Okay, Josh, third question we need to ask is how do I do that? That's all well and good, all preaching and everything and, and praise the Lord and all that. Yippee, happy, clappy, go to church and have a great time and just walk out like, yeah, I know I need it, but how do I do that? How? Give me the how. It's right here. Look in verse number 27. Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ. So whether I come and see you or I'm absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm and do you see those words? One spirit with one what? Mind. Striving side by side for faith of the gospel. Oh man, Josh. How do I do you presented me with some hard things. I feel called out, man. I feel like I'm being convicted. And by the way, we should. I know we're all about, man, I want church to be comfortable. I want church to be comfortable. But hear me out. If the Spirit of God is working on us and we feel like we're squirming, that's a good thing. It's when we shut Him down and we say, I don't care what the Bible says. I don't care what anybody else says. I'm going to do what I jolly well want to do because I'm the boss. That's when you ought to be scared out of your mind. And that's what I believe blaspheming the Spirit is, by the way. It's saying, I don't care what you say, Spirit of God. I'm going to do what I want to do. How do I do this? Here's how you do it. You see where it says manner of life? Let your manner of life be worthy of the Gospel of Christ. I think it's so important. This is what Paul is looking at. He's looking at these Philippians and he's like, hey, behave like you know Jesus. Act as if you know Jesus. But I tell you what, I don't feel like I'm always walking with Jesus. Sometimes we don't feel anything. Sometimes we struggle with our feelings. Sometimes we have a bad attitude, but when you act toward others like you do know Jesus, it changes your attitude completely around. In short, remember this. How do I do what I need to do? Remember your citizenship. You say, "Well, okay, that's strange." In Philippians 3:20, did, did I put that did we put that in there? Okay, Philippians 3:20. Same book. Paul uses a different word here, different Greek word, but it's very close. But our, do you see what that word? Citizenship is in where? Heaven. And from it we await a savior the who the Lord Jesus Christ. Can I say something a little controversial right here? Everybody in here, you're every person in here Our primary citizenship is not the United States of America. It's not. Can I say something more controversial? We need to be careful about having our allegiance to countries and states and communities and different organizations. Because what about when those countries, states, and other unions forget God? Do y'all see where we're going? To someone who knows Jesus, how do I behave like I'm supposed to behave? Josh, I struggle with the flesh. And by the way, we all do. Every person in this room, every single one of us wrestle and pull with our flesh. And it's like, just like Paul said in Romans, he's like, there are things I know I should do and then I don't do them. And then there are things I know I shouldn't do and then it's like, How I do it. It angers me and it angers every single one of us. Amen. We hate it and we should. And it won't be till we arrive on that golden shore that the battle will be over. But one day it will be over. And we ought to wake up every day and think this is not about America, this is not about Roxborough. This is not about North Carolina. This is not about even this church right here. This is not about anything else than Jesus. If I wake up and I say, my citizenship and my allegiance is to heaven. That's where I belong. This world ain't my home. I'm just passing through for a little time. My treasures, brother, are laid up beyond the blue. And when I wake up and I think, hey, look, my eyes are on that fixed point. And so these things I know I need to do, I can do them now. You know why? Because i remember who I'm serving. If we're trying to save this and save this relationship and save that relationship and save this thing and save that thing, we're going to do exactly the opposite of what Jesus said. If you seek to save your life, you're going to lose it. I just don't want to step on toes. I'm afraid when I have that conversation, my friend is going to leave me and they're not going to want to be my friend anymore. Is Jesus worth it or no? Say, well, I don't want to offend. Guess what the name of Jesus does? It offends. Man, we live in this world where it's like our primary goal is don't offend anybody. Truth offends people. Be truthful. People will walk away. But is Jesus worth it? What do I do? Look at what I need what I want to do. I look at what I need to do. I look at Jesus. I look at Christ. I look at my citizenship. And I also, I think this is so doggone important. I also look at my community. And by community, I mean church. Heard somebody say this week, dude, I don't I don't do the organized religion thing. I do church in the deer stand, I do church in the boat. I do church on my porch. Let me just address that very quickly. You can walk with God on your porch. You can walk with God in your deer stand. You can walk with God riding in your car. But you cannot go to church by yourself anywhere. Do you know why? It's really simple. It's not a conspiracy theory. It's very simple. Do you know what the word church means in the Bible? The word church means an assembly. How can you assemble by yourself? Avengers assemble. You can't assemble by yourself. That's what the word church literally means in the Bible. an assembly, I call out assembly under the name of Christ. Here's, here's all I'm saying. We need each other. And so often, I, man, I don't want to be, gosh, I'm, I know I'm naive in a lot of areas. I know there's so many areas I don't understand. And I need to learn so many things. but one thing I know and I'm coming to know even more is that we can't do this by ourselves. We can't. And I, I, I don't want to be naive and say, well, everybody should just jump on board with this. It's not about Hope Church groups. It's not about a Sunday school program. It's not about any kind of, it's not about any of that. It's about having people that you let in and you let them in. That's what it's about. Because when you struggle with sin, when you struggle with addiction, when you're having wrestlings in your spirit and you say, I just don't know, I wish God would take this away from me. You don't know what it's like until you get together with people of God and let it out with them. And there's something about letting those things out and not struggling alone and struggling together that it's like, man, I'm human. And you know what? That's okay. Okay. And I can talk about these things and I'm I'm not going to plant my flag there. I'm not going to say this is who I am. I'm going to say, hey, I'm in Jesus and I know I struggle with these things. Would you, brother, would you, sister, wrestle with me together? And James says, bear ye one another's burdens. Oh, there's so much value in that. Remember your community. You say, well... I just, you know, I get together with my family and I do this and that. Family time is great. Is it not? Family time is awesome. But let me ask you, do you sit around the table and open the Word of God and read it and talk about it together? You say, well, I have church over here. Well, church is when you meet for a purpose together. Do you pray together and get closer to God together? Here's all I'm saying is, The reason you can do the things you need to do is because you remember who you're serving and you remember your community. All right, and this is where it's all going to fall apart. Yep. Because the last question is, and how, and what does that do for me? Oh, preacher, 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 preacher. What does that do for me? Well, let's read this, 28. And not frightened in anything by your opponents. This is a clear sign to them of their destruction, but of your salvation and that from God. For it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ, you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake, engaged in the same conflict that you saw I had and now hear that I still have. Oh, man, how does this help me, Josh? Oh, man, what I want to do. is what I need to do. Okay, I figured that out. Oh, it's okay i know what i need to do all right how do i do that i'll focus on jesus and then what do i get from it this is where it falls apart because you know what you get from that pain you get to suffer my brother yippee Woo! i don't have enough pain give me more just sadistic man I want some pain. Call me Major Pain. <laughs> you get pain. You get suffering. I know this is not the gospel presentation that we. It's almost kind of like this: Hey, come to know Jesus, and then you come and pray, and then you you'll dance along the clouds, and you'll see rainbows and unicorns, and everything will be great. And man, you will wake up and. Your wife will smile at you instead of growling at you every day. And man, your husband will love you perfectly and he'll sweep you off of his feet and come home with a rose in his mouth and it'll be beautiful. And the kids will always say, Yes, ma'am, yes, sir. And life is fantastic. And we'll all eat gingerbread every day. No. You get pain and say, well, all right, Josh, on that one, I'm out. (laughs) I don't need no more pain. But what about when you know you're suffering for something that matters? We've all suffered for stupidity, have we not? How many of us have done something stupid and we suffered because of it? How How many of us did something dumb and we're still suffering because of it? We know what that's like. And golly gee. (laughs) You look back and you think, you know, what you did 10 years ago, 20 years ago, and you think, yeah, I deserve that. (laughs) I deserve it. Here's the thing, though. Jesus not only wipes that away, he gives you a reason to live. (laughs) We look at, uh, what do I do, what do I do, uh, what do I do. And the things that we're wrestling about are not even things on the radar. Oh, do I buy an RV or a camper? Oh! The things I need to do and how I do it and what I get as I get pain but I get to be engaged in a conflict that matters. You look at the disciples, you look at the apostles. Do you know how most of them ended up dying? Anybody know? They, did they die in a um, uh, skilled nursing facility no. with uh, you know, nurses and aides at their side and a doctor who attended to them? No. Did they get to uh, pass away, most of them in their sleep, you know, as they got older and you know, they, and they just passed away. Is that how they died? You know how most of the apostles died? They were murdered and horrifically. Let me ask you this. If you were purporting a belief and you say, man, man, this guy, I saw this thing and, and you were purporting a belief that you knew to be false. And like, man, you just made that your shtick. Like that was your thing and you believed this thing. And then the pressure was applied though and then you were looking at possibly dying. But you knew if you just came off of the lie, you knew that you would live and be set free. What would you do? You'd be set free because you knew it was a lie. Why on God's green earth would these guys be looking at now look if you will say if you will listen listen if you will say that you do, if this guy did not rise from the dead that you don't believe that that it's all bogus if you will just say that then you can live and we can work out arrangements for the rest of your life and every single one of them said i saw what i saw And I am willing to say that I saw what I saw so much that I will be sawed in half because of it. Why would they do that if it was not true? What's in it for me? Well, one is eternal life. Another is you get some reason for why you're suffering. And ultimately, you get to know that you have people beside you that are walking with you. You've got an eternal home in heaven. And now you're living for a reason. We all know what it's like to suffer for idiocy. But man, to suffer for Jesus. To lose a job for Jesus. Man, that's good. To be laughed at because you stand for Christ. That's good. In the end, that will be all that matters. What do you do? What do I do? What do I do? Ask yourself first off, what do I want to do? And then ask yourself, of well, the things that I want to do, what are the things I need to do? Start walking toward it. It's like, oh, stumbling forward, this is going to be hard. But remembering you're serving Jesus, you can look somebody square in the face and tell them the things you don't want to do, that you don't want to tell them. You can look at them square in the eyeballs and have that hard conversation. You know why? Because it's not about their face. It's not about how they look at you. <coughs> because you know who you're serving. It's not about even them. It's about you knowing you're doing what you're supposed to do. And you know what's in it for you? Sometimes they walk away and say, forget you. I don't want nobody judging me. And that's what you'll get. But if you're a true brother or sister in Christ, you will have those conversations. Because you love them. Hey, thank you so much for listening it, it means the world to me That you would take the time to listen to our sermons if, you, if you'd like to connect with us Shoot us an email At office at Hopechurchmillcreek.com That's office at Hopechurchmillcreek.com Or just come by for a service In person, 10.30am Sunday mornings Address is 1562 Mill Creek Road Roxboro, North Carolina Uh, I would love to meet you in person, and um, I guess that's all for now. So don't forget to leave a review on Apple Podcasts if you would kindly. We pray that you'd have a great day. Uh, For Hope Church Mill Creek, I'm Pastor Josh. Grace and peace.